0: I'm Steve Williams for AM860, The Answer.
3: And I'm back. This is Dr. Radio MD, fresh from vacation, and I got Ken by my side this morning. We're having a little trouble hooking up the uh, Skype connection between my studio and the And this radio station, so we're going to use my cell phone, which works fine. I I guess we've got a good signal here, Ken. We're doing all right. Yes, sir. Yeah, good. And we're streaming still on the Internet, so you're going to be able to hear me, but I don't think you'll be here, Ken, so it might sound a little bit weird. And Was that you, Ken? Did you just call me again? No, that wasn't me. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody's calling me. (laughs) Hey. Whoever's calling me don't call me. I'm busy. I'm on a show. I'm doing a radio show. <laughs> so, well, <laughs> welcome
2: back, Doc. How was the cruise first of all? Before we start getting into all the uh politics and everything.
3: Well, it was it was uh it was fun. I was glad to get away and and there was a great thing that came out of it, Ken. Uh, uh, the wife is cured of around the world cruise. She said 12 days on that boat was more than enough. She's done it six or seven. So I'm like, hallelujah, <laughs> 10 grand. And I think we made some progress here, but <laughs> well, you know,
2: the food obviously was probably pretty good.
3: Yeah. The food was good. And the staff, they were, they were just fresh back because they'd been off for a year and a half and they were just so pleasant and they were so grateful to be back. So that was, the ship was all right. It wasn't anything great. It wasn't big. It was a 2200 uh, passenger ship and we were about 60% capacity that is we a little small for pictures. today's ship Yeah, Yeah. It and You know, there you walk around the ship four or five times and you're like, okay, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get off? <laughs> Can we go do something? But, uh, uh, great stories, great stories. So we flew into Venice and, uh, the wife's pitching a fit because she didn't want this hotel because of that and this and that. And of course I just had to put on my psychological earmuffs and, uh, I got us a really nice hotel, and then she was all happy again, and we we did a little bit of Venice again. That was our second trip there. But the cruise ships, the Italian government a few days before had outlawed any big cruise ships from coming into Venice because it's tearing up the the port. You know, the the city's built on mud, basically. So every time you bring in a big ship, uh, you're polluting and you're stirring it up with the big crops. So they bust us from Venice to Trieste. Trieste is the Old uh, Austro-Hungarian city that was uh, captured and taken as a prize after World War One by the Italians. They they fought on our side at that time, um, and then in World War Two they fought first for the Germans and then for us. You know they lost both times. They did. <laughs> <laughs> they, did. <laughs> they lost on both
2: sides. <laughs> so how how far away was the port you actually went into from Venice, as far as travel time?
3: It's about two and a half hours Whoa. by bus. And so it's around the uh, it, it's around the top of the Adriatic, and so you take a bus, go up the little uh, end of the of the boot of the peninsula, and then you make a right hand turn and you go east, and you go to Trieste, which is part of Spain. And there's a little strip of land that belongs to I mean Italy, and there's a little strip of land that belongs to Italy. So we get to Trieste, and guess what? The port workers were protesting because Monday morning they were mandated to be vaccinated. <laughs> so so the police wouldn't let us through so we, we stop about 400 yards 300 400 yards from the, from the stupid uh here uh, the port and i said to the lady who was a crew member i said hey let's talk and she said oh no we can't there's a riot going on around, there's nobody rioting. there's about four or five people in the town square they're all mulling and milling around and uh and the police have everything all blocked off. Of course, you know, gave them something to do. They thought they were important. So <laughs> she takes the bus driver up through Trieste. So we got a two-hour tour of Trieste.
2: Still there, Doc? I lost you. <laughs> Still with me, Doc? No, I think we've lost Doc here. I'm going to try and find Doc, and we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere, folks.
3: Do not allow any any strong scents or odors in the office because I get migraines. So no perfume, no cologne, no, uh, you know, smelly body washes. Just come in as yourself, and uh, we can charge $40. You don't have to pay that. Medicare and the insurance companies pay that. And if you're uninsured and you're not on Medicare, uh, we'll still take you and give you the vaccine for free, and then we will still bill. Uh, the government will pay us $40 for the administration, which is not, a, you know, I mean, it's not unreasonable, we got to keep the office open, and and uh, it takes a lot of effort to, to do all of this. All right,
2: I think we found Doc. Doc, you there? I am here. Yes. Can you hear me? I got you now. We're good.
3: All right. Okay, so There's at any rate. Right.
2: gremlins in Skype today. Watch out.
3: I don't know what it is. I probably hit something with my chin. I'm on my cell phone, folks, because we couldn't hook up over the Internet uh, to the station. So you'll just have to put up with the uh, with the problems we're having. But you get to see some nice pictures of the European trip. I'll flash them up there through the show. And so, Ken, so we get to Trieste, and I was saying the there was a, a protest going on, right? And so uh, we had to stop, and then the cruise lady wouldn't let us get off. And so... She took us up through Trieste for one or two hours. Now uh, uh,
2: yeah, you lost me again, Doc. <laughs> for Trieste. She- Whoa. We're having some interesting Skype problems today, Doc. Are you still there? I'm
3: not there. I'm here. Can you okay. hear me? Yeah,
2: you're, you're cutting in and out of me. Something's going on with your cell or Skype. I'm not sure which one it is. But I didn't touch anything. Uh, yeah, I- you liar. <laughs> I didn't touch a thing.
3: I made a, 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 you know, a trial phone call earlier. It went fine.
2: Yeah, it's, for some reason, you're cutting in once in a while. But now we got you, so let's take advantage of the time we've got you.
3: You're in Trieste. All right, so we we get to Trieste, and so we do the first Trieste, all of a sudden, we're stuck. There's two one-way streets coming at us. So we can't turn around in this big bus. So... We had to get out and help the guy turn around. He had to call the cab company and get some food. We had a passport. We came back to the exact same spot we started at. Got out and walked to the dock this way. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. We got you. Sort of. Okay, so guess what, Ken? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we get to the dock and we can't go from that dock. We have to take it over to another dock. And so we finally get to the boat and we about nine at night. I think the last people got on at eleven. But we got out of port. It's a cool thing. Olympia, you know, they had the Olympics there like three thousand years ago, Ken. Unbelievable. The
2: first one still there. I guess that was the first one then.
3: Well, uh, who knows. I mean the history goes back four or five thousand years there. There's they're finding uh, Ruins and houses from 5,000 years ago. Buildings from 5,000 years ago. It's pretty cool. And that's why i Which is a neat old town. And so the tour guide, she was talking about the uh, Balkan Wars back in the 90s. You remember that? When Milosevic was bombing everybody? Oh, sure. And uh, and so she's crying because they didn't have fresh water. And there was a shortage of food for four months. And on, and on, and on. And finally, I said, "Do you know what ended this war?" And she said, "No, what?" I said, "The United States. Did. Oh, yeah, we, we came and bombed. We bombed the Serbs." And she said, "You're right." And I said, "Good. Now let's move on. Talk about something else." So there was a really cool old guy in the uh, in the town square, and he had his baladaka and his little outfit on. You know, his little Slavic outfit, and he was playing some music. So I started dancing with him, and people started throwing me money. Ken. <laughs> <laughs> it was great I'm like I can't accept this you know give it to the old part here
2: <laughs> well you've got a second career if this medicine thing doesn't
3: work out for you absolutely and the video thing too uh, well if we keep doing this bad uh, connection I'm sure I'll be here shortly
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the problem is today Doc some gremlins in the system somewhere
3: So, but I got gotcha. you you're buddy. still good you're still okay all right, you can always call me back if something breaks up, and folks will be with us. They'll understand. I think. I hope. I yeah. Mean, it I
2: though you know, we had the, the, the one uh, the one show you did on board the ship, which was amazing. We had no problems connecting at all for that one. That was great. I was surprised.
3: I thought yeah, for sure. Yeah. That was a really great show. You know what surprised me was that we were doing it with a hurricane force wind on our on our uh, starboard side. And, uh, you, you got to wonder, I mean, the captain was yelling at everybody to, you know, stay where you are, don't move and sit down. And, and so I put another photo up here. You can't see it, but the people on online can see it. It's uh, it's her highness. We we rented a little pedal car in the park and I don't know which city, Marseille or somewhere. Was, we were all over the place. So at any rate, we did the show and we got hurricane. We got 70 mile an hour winds, 74 mile an hour winds. That's what category one.
2: Yeah, that's a rough sea. That's what that is. Uh,
3: it, it was hitting our starboard uh, uh, side beam. at About 30 degrees in my, you know, I big heavy radio stand uh, for my portable show. And that started to fall over. So when the woman in the in the lounge jumped out and came up and grabbed it and held it down for me. And the captain, Jill, and Addison, don't anybody get up, don't move. And we got
2: well, we never lost your signal was, uh, that day, so that was, that was pretty cool. I was very impressed with the uh, steadiness of the signal in the
3: conditions you were yeah, in. Yeah, it was, it was pretty good. Well, they, I guess gotten better on those cruises with their, their Internet. You know, it used to be horrible. It's gotten a lot better, though. So we finally made it uh the Big House uh, Ionia, the Ionian Sea. We uh, made it over to the, uh, the uh, Straits of Messina. And got into Naples, and guess what? Italy would not let uh, people off of ships unless they were with the ship tours. So I had planned, you know, like thousands of dollars worth of tours and wine basins and everything. Couldn't do them, could not do them. And we had to get COVID tested every three days as we went through Italy. Before we, got COVID tested, before we got on the ship, we got COVID tested before we got on the airplane, i'm home. I mean, It was like COVID testing city. I'm sure the Europeans are happy that we're coming. They're making big money on this. We have any cases uh, of COVID on the ship? We did. We had uh, some of the entertainment crew tested positive. Now, I don't know if they actually had it or if they were just carrying it. Uh, They were supposedly, everybody was supposedly vaccinated. And then there was one old couple that they uh, cooped up in their cabin for 14 days That'll teach them to take a cruise. Uh, but uh, other, other than that, I don't think we had any major problems. Uh, but in Barcelona, you'll like this. So I'm the wife's asleep, and it's our last night there. And I go downstairs, get a couple of beers, and I'm chit chatting with the uh, with the front office people, you know, at the desk. And and so there are three guys and two gals there, and they're relatively young, you know, twenties, thirties, that sort of thing. And so we started talking about the vaccine. The three guys weren't vaccinated. I'm like, you know, I'm going to come back there and beat the crap out of you three idiots. <laughs> We're on a <the> high seas. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 this is in Barcelona. We had landed, oh. and I'm cussing them out. And I'm and, and the girls are agreeing with me. Said so they yeah, they're and <laughs> And so I explained the vaccine to them. And nobody they're, well, they're told us that. And I said, you guys, you need to have to get vaccinated tomorrow. And the, the one of the women, she said, are you staying longer? I said, no. And she says, we need you. We need you to go on <laughs> TV here. <laughs> it's not like a hey, cross, baby. I ain't cheap. <laughs> so we had a great time. And we, oh, you would love Barcelona, Kent. It is a, just a marvelous city. It's one of the most livable cities in the world. They got bike paths everywhere. The architecture is just gorgeous. They've got the La Sagrada, uh, Familia, which is the church that Gowdy started over a hundred years ago. And they finally completed it. It's,
2: it's, it done? It's, it's all done now. Okay, good.
3: Yeah, it's done and it's just drop-dead gorgeous. And he used all this, um, all the, his ideas are from nature. So like the, the supporting person uh, inside the church that hold the cathedral up, they look like tree trunks and trees. And then you up to the top and it looks like branches to hold it and there's pineapples and oranges everywhere, and you know Jesus. Uh, uh, it's it's pretty cool. I mean, it's it's a neat experience if you ever get the chance. Go to Barcelona.
2: You have to ride
3: bicycles it. everywhere.
2: I have to go check it out online. It sounds like a cool church. To tell you the truth.
3: Yeah. Oh, it really is neat. You should check it out, folks. So if you if you uh, go see La Sagrada Familia in Barcelona, and we took a train over to. Uh, Madrid one day, the bullet train that was a half hour ride, about 500 kilometers, so that's what 300 miles in two and a half an hours. two and a half hours. that's what 150 miles an hour average. So that was pretty fast. And uh, we could have taken the airplane, which was you know a 45 minute ride and a half the price of the train. but we thought, well, we'd have to get a cab because the airport's further out. the train stops right in the middle of the city and uh and then we could walk right to el prado which is the big Madrid, which is a gorgeous city it's just you know it's the capital so it has all of the all of the 19th and 18th century architecture and, and buildings and it's it's really a nice place to see once in your life but uh that that reminds me of the infrastructure bill so you know we've got this you heard about that Ken, did Oh you? sure yeah <clears throat> so You know, these idiots, maybe they're not idiots. Maybe they just don't know. You know, maybe they're just not technically adept or smart enough. One of the things they put in here, among other things, for trains and and bus, when airplanes are cheaper and faster, Um, but that's not my place to challenge the the wisdom of our Congress. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody better. <laughs> Somebody better, so they're so they got sixty five billion in this thing uh, to expand broadband in rural areas and in low income communities, and also to uh, uh, <clears throat> add money for you know to pay the the internet bill. So we're going to be subsidizing their internet. But well, guess what? You've heard of Elon Musk, I'm sure. I have. Yes, likes to put things you in know, space. He's put, uh, thousands of of satellites in space to create a completely wireless network for, guess what? Rural areas and lower-income areas. So we are putting $65 billion into technology that is going to be gone in a decade. I'm, I'm not sure what genius thought this up, but you can get these kits from Elon Musk. It's like a little satellite disk. It's got a Instructions. It's got a platform. It's got a cable uh, decoder. It's got a, you know, modem. It's got everything. It's and like, direct, the it's like is, direct.
2: It's like Direct TV for the internet. That's kind of what it only is. Only
3: better. Yeah. Only better because instead of you know a half a dozen satellites up there, there's thousands of these things, and the frequency is really good. And so um, he's selling this stuff all over the world. Now, why didn't we ask him? What do you think? What do you think about? investing in in expanding our our wired broadband network. You know what he would have said? Are you idiots? And of course it would have been yes. <laughs> we are idiots. That's why we're asking you, but since we're really stupid, we're not going to ask anybody. That is really
2: quite a system he's putting up there. This will give places like the middle of Africa internet, you know, it's, it's just it's it really is the the way of the future as far as the internet's concerned. What he's doing.
3: Well, yeah. You can get a kit now. You, can, you and I can order a kit for a few hundred bucks, and uh, it's got self-installation ins- instructions. It's got everything how to hook it up, and you're going to have speeds of uh, like 200 megabits per second. Well, we got 300 here at the house because I'm doing the show, which obviously is not working today. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a Skype so the, problem. Oh, so there you go. Well, no, that's – well, yeah, but that's also cable, right? I that's mean that's absolutely cool. right.
2: Yes, that's right. We're not on Wi-Fi here right now, so.
3: So well, what what are we doing this for? Sixty-six billion for railroads. Okay, what are we going to do? Uh, make railroads go as fast as airplanes? I don't think so. Um, why don't we put the money into airports? <laughs> have transportation to airports go quicker? Well, there's 110 billion for roads and bridges. That sounds all right. Got to have and, the bridges uh, too. Well, bridges are nice. They're nice to have if you want to get over the Ohio or the Mississippi. But yeah. I mean, if you're not interested in going anywhere, it doesn't really matter. So we got $39 billion for public transit. So this is going to go for, guess what? Electric buses. Okay. We just 10 years ago switched over to uh, uh, propane buses. And uh, most of those buses are new. Uh, I don't know if you see them driving around over there in Tampa, but we've got them all over. They're over here in St. Petersburg and they're 90% empty. Uh, so now we're going to get rid of all those. What are we going to do with those buses, Ken? Where are they going?
2: Um, I have no idea. They're not going to park them in front of my house. I don't have that much room, so... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know Let's what you do. Marvin, you, you just... You
1: uh, <laughs>
2: You just scrap them. You just scrap them I guess or send them to uh Canada. I don't know what we're going to do with them. So.
3: I don't know if the Canadians even want them. <laughs> oh true. well, we'll see. We got 21 billion for the environment. Uh, these monies would be used to clean up superfund and brownfield sites, abandoned mines and old oil and gas wells. Uh, what? I don't know. So we got 17 billion for ports, and half of this would go to the Corps, Army Corps of Engineers for port infrastructure.
0: Mm, a little are these late on that. It's the
3: same people? Yeah, are these the same people that built the, the uh, levees around
1: New Orleans? <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> I love it.
3: <laughs> oh my God, yeah. this is this is craziness. This is craziness, and you know a lot of this. Has already been in the works. I mean, this was back in the works with Trump and Obama and all that. Now they're just getting around to finally pushing it through because they got a Democrat uh, in the White House, so they can make him look good. But that's all right. Yeah, Trump
2: had an infrastructure deal ready to go. I thought pretty much, and something happened to it. It got
3: spoiled somewhere. Called the Democrats. They didn't want him the credit for that. So. By the way, not all of this is, is, is destined to go through because the uh, Congressional Budget Office first has to rule as to whether or not this is going to be cost neutral or if it's going to push up the national debt. If it's going to push up the national debt, they're going to start chopping out parts of it. Did you know that? Sure. Yeah.
2: Well, let's start, with so, the, let's start with the Internet then.
3: Yeah, let's start with the Internet. So so the way this this system works that uh, Elon Musk is is putting up, it's called Star. It's thousands of satellites and I guess a, a low orbit, and they're about 35 kilometers, a thousand kilometers up. <clears throat> they orbit the planet much closer to Earth at about, oh, I'm sorry, 550 kilometers, and they cover the entire globe. So you know you, I guess you got one every three or four feet up there now. <laughs> no, like, <laughs> kind of like the GPS system. Yeah. So the round-trip data time between the user and the satellite, also known as latency, is much lower than satellites that are in geostationary orbits, which are higher up. So this enables Starlink to deliver service like uh, online gaming and uh, streaming and broadband. And so this sounds pretty cool to me. I mean, you know, this is this is really the wave of the future. There's not going to be broadband Cable in ten to twenty years, and right now this is ideally suited, of course, for rural areas and inner city areas where there's no cable or whatever. But this is all going to go by the by. We're going to be doing everything from space, and you get these cool little kits, and it'll attach to your roof. It'll attach to your yard. I guess you can put it on on your spouse's head if you want and set her out there. <laughs> I don't know; if she'd like that.
2: Is he in the beta test? Is, is still? Uh, last time I heard, he was in beta testing. Is he out of that now? Is it live? It's I don't live. Know. You it, can buy
3: the service. Okay, good. You can buy the service now. So, uh, Ken's question for those of you who are watching online uh, is: Is it? Is it in service now? Yes, it is. It's live. It's in service, and I think he just made a deal with Greece and a couple of other other countries and. uh Oh, this is a fascinating technology and, and it's going to sweep over and, and take over uh, cable cable will be gone well you know who's happy about this cable money well verizon and, and, <laughs> and uh, bright house and uh, all the other services frontier and which one do we have here in town I forget uh, uh, spectrum. The one uh spectrum, spectrum yeah the no. one that's not working right now and I so got a question we'll, for you though we'll have to see.
2: I've got a question for you. Yeah, Isn't this going to just freak yeah. out the Russians and the Chinese? Now all these folks in the middle of China and in the middle of Russia can get this uh, worldwide news anytime they want it.
3: Well, but you, you can you can put certain things into the uh, modems and, and into the routers to block information, certain information, certain channels, certain things. So it, it can all be electronically manipulated. But here's the thing, you know. I told you about my friend who is an anesthesiologist from China. He came here in the in the nineteen nineties, and I said, why don't you come here?" He said, "One of my friends had a ham radio, and we were listening to Radio Free uh, Asia." And he said, "You know, the, the United States sounds a hell of a lot better than China." And so he got a He said he left. <laughs> he got out. <laughs> so I guess if you want if you want information, you know, you can get it. You can. The kids these days—they can build all kinds of electronic stuff. They can pick up stuff. And, and well, in
2: North Korea, can it, it can cost you your life. In North Korea, if they
3: catch you doing that, yeah, but life's pretty cheap there, and even, About, you know, you're a, basically a slave. That's. So there's nothing to eat. Right. There's nothing to eat. COVID's rampant. I don't even know if they've got the vaccine yet. I'm sure the Chinese have sent them some of that cheap stuff they made, but <laughs> they get rid of the <laughs> the, the crummy stuff. they probably charged but uh so speaking of the chinese oh my gosh so now uh the president's made a pact with uh united arab emirates and uh, india and a few other countries around that area and they're going to try to keep the south china sea open and of course i've already told you about AUKUS over the past several weeks uh the australian united kingdom united states uh Agreement, and the French are all hot about that because the Australians decided not to buy the French uh, submarines. Now I think they're kissing up and making up, and I guess the United States and Great Britain are saying, "Well, we'll lend you a little money; you can buy a few of theirs, and we'll make you." A few. <laughs> and Somebody's everybody's happy, happy right now. Yeah. <laughs> everybody's happy, and you know it's all a bunch of baloney. So the Chinese are now surrounded by every country in that area. Is not happy with them and is worried about them taking over. And uh, you know, people are losing sleep over this. They're thinking the Chinese are going to take over the world. It's Going to be tough. It's going to be tough. It really is.
2: Yeah, they don't. And, and you can't fight a war on six fronts. You know. N-
3: no, you can't. And the supply chains. I mean, they would be so protracted. Like if you wanted to invade Australia, that's a long haul from from China down to Australia, you'd have to conquer all those islands and island nations, Indonesia and all on the way down and uh, you know that, that the Japanese had a tough time doing it and uh, I'm sure that the Chinese have tried conquering some of those island nations before and they haven't gotten anywhere so what makes them think they're going to do any better now what are they going to do, nuke them all out of the world off the map, then what do you, what do you conquer, all land
2: they, they
3: are building more nukes I've been reading lately over there in China they are, they are. I think that Biden's putting ours into uh, cold storage somewhere in, in Maryland. <laughs> <laughs> I think they got a warehouse there full of obsolete. <laughs> but I don't know what we're doing. You know, who knows? Yeah, well, we
2: let's keep you, those submarines. Yeah. The, the submarines are our best option, I think.
3: Yeah, the submarines are because basically they're they're little nuclear powers unto on, themselves, and they're hard to detect. And you can send them all over the world, and they can be within minutes of any continent, any city, any... So, But, I mean, let's face it. We don't want to use nuclear weapons. No,
2: nobody does. No, we want to to make love, not war. What we want to do is take a break, Doc. That's what we really want to do. On our terms, too. That's right. All right, well, listen, you
3: call me back after the break. I'm going to hang up my phone now and get a rest here.
2: Okay, we'll see what we can
3: do. This is... I'll be right back.
1: Attention! The United States government has instituted a program to give qualified workers up to $3,148 a month. Do you or someone you know suffer from a medical condition that makes it difficult to work? Are you between the ages of 45 and 62? Are you seeing a medical professional for this condition? And have you worked for at least five of the last ten years? If you answered yes to the questions, you may be eligible for up to $3,148 a month. Call the Disability Information Line now to see if you qualify at 800-811-1545. Get the benefits you deserve. Call the disability information line now at 800-811-1545 to see if you qualify. The call is free and our agents are standing by. Call 800-811-1545 to see if you qualify for these government benefits. You've worked hard for these benefits. Don't let another day go by without receiving what you're entitled to. Call 800-811-1545 now. Seize your window of opportunity and join our growing team.
0: Dominic's Blinds and Decor is in need of new sales consultants and installers. Experience is preferred, but we are willing to train the right candidate. If this is what you're looking for, contact Dominic's Blinds and Decor today. Apply online under careers at www.dominixblinds.com or call 941 922 2345. AM 860 The Answer online at TheAnswerTampa.com Odyssey Here is your exclusive AccuWeather forecast
3: sunshine beautiful day high today at 70 clear to partly cloudy for tonight low 55 sunny terrific day tomorrow the high 73 clear skies tomorrow night low 54 and then partly sunny beauty of a day on tuesday high tuesday at 77 plan with confidence download the accuweather app today that's your accuweather forecast i'm steve williams for am 860 the answer (laughs) This is Doctor Bill. You can hear me, okay, Cam? I am hearing you. Yes, sir. Good deal. Okay, so now we're back on the Internet with the, uh, with the feed from the studio here. So, and by the way, I'm not going to show my face anymore. I'm just going to show some pictures of, of the trip uh, as we go through the second half of the show here. But uh, I was going to tell you, Ken, that did you know that we have gone to the International Monetary Fund and told them we don't want you to give Pakistan any money until they cooperate with us? Did you hear about that? I
2: have not heard that one, No. <laughs>
3: No. So we want to place our planes on their bases, so that uh, if the Taliban get out of control, we can bomb them. Wait a minute. Aren't we just there? I think so. <laughs> that, we go. Are we going back or
2: what? I don't. That's who knows, I'm Doc. Not sure. <laughs> I don't get it. Hey, right? Doc. Doc, can I get you to turn your mic down just a little bit, just a hair? Yeah. How's that? A little more. One more time. How's that? That's good. Right there.
3: All right. Yeah, so we're good to go. All right. If it's too loud, you just let me know, and I'll we're turn it down.
2: We're engineering on the fly today. That's
3: right. We are, and we're doing a hell of a job. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I hope Barb's not listening. She'll be hot. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so at any rate, they're they're giving a, a hard time to the uh, to the Pakistanis because the Pakistanis are trying to walk the tightrope between their Asian neighbors and their biggest benefactor over the decades which has been us and uh, of course they got the Pashtuns up in the north that are trying to take over the country and turn it into a caliphate Islamic caliphate and uh, the moderates in the south they're like wait a minute I don't think this is going to work and I doubt it will Ken I doubt it will
2: you can't have it both ways doc
3: you can't have well I don't know (laughs) <laughs> there's some people that get away with it for a long time. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you know, double dipping is not uncommon in the United States.
2: This is true, yeah.
3: So everybody's playing the game somewhere along the way, I guess. any rate, so the Biden administration reportedly is uh, using restoration of inter- inter- international monetary funds uh, as bargaining chips against uh, or for or with the Pakistanis, so I don't know what's going on there, and Pakistanis still fighting their own internal conflict with the Pashtuns and their uh, conservatives, and then I saw this in Al Jazeera, you know, uh, is it Daliwal or Diwali, Daliwal I think it is, is the big Hindu New Year holiday, and so I guess this just went on last week, and um, some of the Hindus wanted to take over a big group of Hindus for the holiday wanted to take over a big area. That was a common area that was owned by the state near Delhi or New Delhi. And, uh, I guess the Muslims had been using that for their Friday prayer services for, for the huge numbers of people that, that, uh, live in India, that are Muslim. And so they were all upset. And Al Jazeera said, it's Islamophobia. And I'm, I'm trying to figure this out now if you're having your national holiday and you want to use public lands and you want to use that and ask the muslims to please not use it for that friday um that sounds reasonable to me it sounds reasonable but of course if you're a muslim you know you think anywhere that you pray is sacred so uh, and and you know that you're not supposed to destroy a temple uh, a a mosque did you know that that i've heard before yes but but the indians say well You know, we we don't care. We're building a road here. Get out. (laughs) Blow it down and build a road, which, come on. I mean, you know, there's times when you have to condemn public land to build something. Now, look, if you've got a national monument, a historical site, a World Heritage Site or something like that, then you don't want to tear that down. But come on. I mean, you can make a house a mosque, right? You You can make a parking lot a mosque.
2: Exactly, everything becomes
3: indestructible at that point. Yeah, and that doesn't seem rational to me. I mean, I'm, of course, I'm not a rational man, but
2: Doc, not much that comes out of that area of the world is rational.
3: There's a lot of uh, yeah, it's it's based on on religious beliefs, and uh, let's face it, Muhammad was a, a little bit of a thug. Uh,
2: gonna, you're going to get yourself on a list if you keep talking like
3: that. Well, I mean, come on, face it—he couldn't—he couldn't win converts by by uh, persuasion, so he resorted to war. And uh, and you know that the—did you know that the first battle, the big battle that the Europeans fought against the Muslims was in Tours, France, in 750 A.D. 750. That was less than a hundred years after Islam had been founded. Did you know that? I had—I had no idea. It's been going on that long? And guess who fought it? Charlemagne's grandfather, Charles the Hammer, Charles Martel, and he was uh, he was a warrior king, and he had united the Franks after the Roman Empire started to fall apart. And uh, he successfully pushed the Ugar Muslims or whoever they were, Uyghur Muslims, or I forget which group they were. He pushed them out of, of, of Europe and back down into the Iberian Peninsula, and they actually held on to a big chunk of the Iberian Peninsula for several centuries. Uh, but uh, I don't think they ever got cattle on Barcelona's state. <clears throat> and they were finally pushed out, and there was a big sea battle in the 1500s that uh, Italy, uh, Venice, and a number of the Italian states, uh, some of the Frankish states, uh, The uh, Barcelonians, the the, the Catalonians, and some of the Spanish states fought and defeated the Muslims and kicked them out of the Iberian Peninsula and out of, guess where else, the Italian Peninsula. Did you know they had a foothold in the Italian Peninsula?
2: No. Again, you're teaching me a whole lot here today, Doc.
3: You know, people think that the Crusades were a preemptive uh, war started by Europeans against Muslims. They were not. The Muslims were incurring into the Italian Peninsula, the Iberian Peninsula, which is Spain and Portugal now, and even into southern France as early as 750 A.D., A.D. And so the Europeans have been battling uh, Islamic incursions into Europe, Eastern Europe. I mean, you know, the Balkans have been a stalwart against Islamic intrusion. Uh, uh, it, It wasn't until... Uh, recently that Greece actually lost their their, uh, their prize, which was Istanbul. You know, they had Constantinople for, what, five, a thousand years uh, that city was there. I think it was built in four or 500 A.D., and I think it fell in fifteen or 1600, 1700. So the history of Islam and, and curring into Europe it goes back to the beginnings of Islam, to the very fundamental, basic, founding days of Islam. And for anybody to say that Islam is a religion of peace doesn't know their history, Ken. And if you don't know your history, you know what? You're going to repeat it. You're going to repeat it. You're going to repeat it. And I've seen more and more moderate Muslims now. Um, i talked to one of my friends uh, who is a radiologist, and she's from Persia, and she says she's not very religious, Uh, But she has some real misconceptions about Judaism and Christianity. And, you know, she said Jesus was crazy because, you know, he talked to God. And I said, I don't think that he was really actually, you know, hearing God's voice. I think he was kind of like pleading, you know, (laughs) don't hang me on this cross, Lord. (laughs) You know, and I can't say as I blame him, I would think it'd be pretty unpleasant to hang on a cross all afternoon. But, uh, you know, I said, well, look at Abraham. The guy had to be schizophrenic. I mean, he did hear God tell him to kill his son. Well, Ken, if you, if you said that nowadays, if you said God, you know, one of my neighbors came to me with a knife and said, God told me to take little Joey out and sacrifice him. Like, well, you'd be down at the lockup ward down at St. Anthony's Hospital's mental uh, ward in, in no time because you're schizophrenic. You're crazy. So, I mean a lot of religions are founded by people who are quirky and different but uh
2: but their well, goal the muslim religion is is um the goal is to do away with all other religions isn't it not
3: that that's the bottom line and, and you know and I said to my friend i said uh, i said, well what about this this stuff about killing atheists and polytheists and you know the the Hindus are polytheists in the Muslims' mind the Hindus, they're they're kind of like any way you get to God is okay, God, you know, just get there. Um, the Christians are like, oh, there's only one God, but there's three different people in it. Uh, and the Jews are like, how can you have three people in one? And Dr. Bill says, if you're God, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> right. <laughs> you can you can be as many people or as few as you want. So uh, if there even is a God, but you know, that's all. Of, that's a that's a whole other debate. But how can you say that you're the religion of peace when your religion sanctions? violence when your religion says kill people that are atheist that is that peace is no, that love no. I don't think so any rate enough we're, of that they're
2: selling it and we're not buying it so
3: no they're 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 selling it and we're not buying it but you know what we are buying we're buying that we need to keep the South China Sea open and the Straits of Malacca which are that little thin strip of, of waterway between uh, Indonesia and the Uh, Southeast Asian Peninsula, which is primarily uh, Burma and Thailand and Laos and Vietnam and Cambodia and uh, uh, Malaysia. You know, that little strip there is where half of the world's shipping goes through. Did you know that 50 percent of the tonnage of shipping goes through that little strait and into the South China Sea? Well, if the Chinese get that, what's going to happen? Well, I guarantee you, there'll be a tariff for one thing. <laughs> uh, for for another thing, if you if you're on their bad side, they're going to say no, you can't come through here. And uh, this isn't new; they've been claiming this for thousands of years. They say this is theirs. And then we've got another strait uh, in the uh, uh, between Yemen, the Arabian Peninsula, and the Horn of Africa, Ethiopia, which goes into the Red Sea from from the Gulf of Aden and the Indian Ocean. So these are major traffic ways that have to be kept open and it it doesn't look like this uh, belt and road thing is going to make its way across asia like the 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 chinese had hoped for and uh, especially if we start planting airplane bases in pakistan (laughs) and everywhere else wait a minute didn't biden just pull everything out of these areas
2: yes he did sir i remember it it was on the tv i
3: saw it there on the tv I saw it on the TV too. I think CNN even had it. I on. think so.
2: Even CNN carried it. That's right.
3: Now it's going back in. Wait a minute. Did I miss something here? Um, I thought we had an base in Afghanistan. Why don't we just keep it?
2: Because we're, we're, we're weird. We are weird. Yeah, we we're we're a weird country.
3: We love to throw money away. We
2: do. We do things over again and tear them apart and build it again. Uh,
3: well it's not new though you know uh de tocqueville the 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 great uh french historian who came to the united states twice he was talking to a sailor in the 1830s and that's when clipper ships were starting to come into uh, play and they were the fast uh, sleek uh, cargo ships that were traveling all around the world and and starting to make us a world power in terms of trade and uh, he asked one of the sailors well why is this ship in mothballs? Why are you, why are you guys getting rid of this ship? And he said, well, we got these new clipper ships. He says, yeah, but there's nothing wrong with this one. He says, ah, and the sailor said, you know, this is, this is America. This is United States. The clipper ship will be obsolete in five years. We'll get another one. <laughs> See?
2: This is 150 years
3: ago. Been going
2: on since day one. That's right.
3: It, we've been, we've been this way ever since we're just, I don't, I guess we're just kind of restless. Uh, the French are fussy and we're restless. We we
2: so. have trouble making long term plans in this country.
3: And, and you know what? And, and we also show up late on everything. Yeah. Or early. I'm not sure which one. So I think there were a couple of world wars that we we kind of ah, should we get in this or not? <laughs> and, we, and we were prepared it, for neither one of them. We were for neither one of them, and we ended up ending both of them. Yes.
2: Somebody explain that to me. <laughs> because we're very good at moving when we want to, I guess.
3: And we, we can, we can do that. We can do that. And, uh, you know, the, the Iranians are, are wondering what's going on because now Azerbaijan, which is one of the old Russian States that sits on their border has been picking a fight with them. They've been back and forth. Now they're trying to kiss and make up and, and they're the Iranians, of course the Russians, they'll sell arms to anybody. So, they, they sell them to the, the Azerbaijanis, the Armenians, the Iranians. They don't care, uh, and everybody's fighting over there. And I guess that's good for the Russians because it keeps keeps down the you know the, uh, the 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 power from growing in that area, and they can still have Higa money over Central Asia. I don't know how the Chinese feel about that. They probably go along with it because they're still buddies. I I think. I don't know least on uh, the surface they are.
2: I think so, yeah. They're they're yeah, exactly. We don't know how how deep that is. Yeah, we don't know.
3: I mean it, a lot of this is showing a lot of it's and,
2: for show to scare us.
3: Yeah, and to make it look like they're in control, which uh they may or may not be. Uh certainly they look like they're in control of their country, but you gotta remember that's that's a collection of eight or ten different countries that have their own regional languages and customs and uh you know, I was talking with one woman over in, in the, what's the industrialized western part of China, talking to her about Hong Kong, and she said, oh, we don't have anything to do with that, that's thousands of miles away, and I said, oh, okay, <laughs> I don't even think she knows
2: where Hong Kong is. So it's not quite unionized, it's not quite a union there, it's
3: a... No, it's a con- It's a con- congregation of a whole bunch of different things, and... uh so, at any rate, we have uh, – I'm I'm trying to get up here another – oh, this little tugboat. We had this cool little tugboat, Ken, that, that was moving our ship around, and the wife was just amazed. She's like, can that little tugboat really move this big boat? I said, yeah, watch it. And it hooked up a line and turned us right around, and she said, how can it do that? That's magic. <laughs> well, I guess it is if you – don't understand that water doesn't have a whole lot of friction and you don't know the, you know, the thermo uh, the fluid dynamics of all of this, but it was pretty cool to watch that little tugboat pull us around. I was impressed. I was impressed. They're pretty, pretty powerful little boats, sleek looking boat too. This was in one of the Italian ports. I tell you what, Italy has got some huge ports, Ken. I mean to tell you they are an industrial powerhouse if they want to be, um, but I, I was really impressed with how well organized uh, uh, Barcelona was. The Catalonians are very organized. And they're the major uh, industrial, the productive aspect of all of Spain. They produce more, I think they're like 50% of the Spanish national product, which is not great, but their per capita income is 28, dollars 29000 a year, something like that. We're in the 60s. Uh, but the cost of living is, is, of course, different, too. And there's a lot of infrastructure there that we don't have, like public transit, uh, bicycle trails, uh, subsidized trains. And, um, you, you know, it's uh, air flights are really cheap once you get inside Europe. It's, a, it's really kind of uh, interesting to see how cheap it is to fly from Barcelona to Madrid. Uh, but the train was a lot of fun. We enjoyed that.
2: The train is nice. You get to see the country. You're there to see the country. You don't want to just fly over it.
3: Yeah. You want to see a little bit of the countryside and see what – after a while, a lot of this, it starts looking like Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, but instead of corn, there's grapes. <laughs> instead yeah. of cows, there's sheep, you know. but it, 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 But it's still pretty and well-manicured. The Europeans – and these, these countries that have a limited supply of land, unlike the United States and Canada, where we, I mean, you know, we, we, couldn't, we couldn't use all the land that we have. We could not use it. We'd have to have 10 billion people living here. But at any rate, they're, they're extremely well manicured, uh, nice-looking farms, uh, nice-looking vineyards and fields, really a, just a, a, a pleasure, a delight to see.
2: Did you have any language Uh, barriers? Did you run into a language barrier at
3: all? You know what? My sisters and the left wing, they think the world hates us. Everywhere we go, people are like, we love you. you. You Americans protect us. They speak English. I mean, most everybody speaks English. Even the cabbies spoke a little English. So between my broken Spanish and their broken English, we got where we wanted to go. Uh, we were able to buy and sell what we wanted. We could order it at all the restaurants and bars. We knew enough to ask for in, in Spanish what we wanted. And uh, it, it's utterly amazing how much the world loves us. I mean, everybody. So my friend who's from uh, Iran, her husband is from, I think from Palestine, he's a Muslim too, but he doesn't practice religion. They're they're kind of like a lot of doctors nowadays that don't, don't really have a strong faith. But at any rate, so they went back to Iran, to Persia to visit family. And I said, you know, the Iranians I've met, they say they love Americans. She said, are you kidding? They had me in a private room grilling me and they were over in the next room serving my husband tea and crumpets. (laughs) Because <laughs> he was an American, <laughs> he had an American passport, and I had been a former citizen of of, of Iran. And so, uh, and she says, "Hey guys, you know, I'm from here. I'm a Persian, and you're over there giving my husband tea and crumpets, and he's not <laughs> he an American." They love us, Ken. I, I, almost everywhere in the world we've gone, we've the the French are wonderful. We had a great experience in Cannes and in Marseille in southern France friendly, everybody's helpful, uh, you know, the the waitresses are helpful, the maitre d's, the, the people at the hotels, people on the street. If you don't know where you're going, you can ask somebody and, and they'll they'll tell you at a bus stop or, or a train station or, or, you know, it's just amazing how how much we are loved and appreciated because we do so much.
2: So why can't we appreciate ourselves around here? You know, we've There's, always got one side saying we're so bad.
3: We're not. Because uh, it plays well. I you know, it, it plays into people's fear. It plays into people's uh, anxiety and their anger. And, you know, anger is a reaction to fear. So the root emotion is fear. And if you can tap into that, you can sell a lot of newspaper. You can sell a lot of cable time. You can sell a lot of uh, junk food. I mean, you can sell a lot of garbage uh, just by playing into people's fears.
2: Doc, we're about less than a minute here, about 45 seconds. you want to make any final statements? I'm glad to be back. God, I missed
3: you guys. We missed you. you Don't go on a cruise for more than a week. (laughs) Don't do (laughs) it. (laughs) I'm Dr. Bill. Give me a call. I'm back in town. 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Ken, you have a great weekend. Okay, buddy?
2: You too, sir. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks, Doc.
0: Thank you for listening to Dr. Bill, your Radio M.D. Join Dr. Bill every Sunday morning at 9 for more insight, information, provocation, and fun. Dr. Bill Handelman practices in St. Petersburg, Florida at Bay Area Medical Can Care Clinic, 6399 38th Avenue North. For your convenience, telemedicine appointments are available. Call his office today at 727-384-6411. That's 727-384-6411. Or visit his website at Clinic.